worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here are the guys. Hey, gather around, huddle up, because we got something to talk about. It's the morning huddle. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. That is Easy E. Edwin Hefner on the other side of the double pane glass. He's ever watching, though unseen. Uh, welcome aboard what will be a fantastic ride on a Wednesday morning. How are you doing this morning, RJ Ochoa? Top of the morning to you, Robbie T. Um, happy hump day. We yeah. got here faster than expected, and uh, but no one's complaining. About that, I yeah, I got here some, you know, sufficiently long enough after the All Star Game to uh, uh, arise uh, with some sort of sense um, after the bloviating experience I had on all day Saturday night and into Sunday. Uh, so we got that out of our system. I'm glad we did. Uh, lots to get into today as we look forward to a uh, an imminent contract from Dak Prescott. The Spurs getting busy again tomorrow night as they uh, continue the second half of their rodeo road trip. Uh, we'll talk silver and black at, uh, seven o'clock, um, spend a day kind of preparing for, you know, uh, we got some news calling coming from college football. Uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the playoff format. If you've been listening to us, we told you it was coming. It was just a matter. So it's oh, a, yeah. it's a, it's a, a five a plus seven. That's, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why we can't just call 12 teams. Like what? You just, <laughs> Five plus seven. Uh, when I heard, when you see it described, um, I I don't I don't know how often you watch Saturday Night Live, but did you see Nate Bartgodzi come on a couple weeks back? And he was George Washington. It was back around the Super Bowl. He I was talking the, about the uh, what America's going to do versus the rest of the world. Like, nope, we're going to do twelve inches in a foot. Yeah, I um, of, I have no no problems with Nate, no qualms. But um, so the, I don't mean this as, a, as an mm-hmm. indictment or a demerit. I saw the just like. Blitz warfare, Nate Bargatze material all over my life. Like he oh, was yeah. on, he Full was frontal. on every yeah, podcast. He, yeah, he he was but, ahead of Saturday Night Live. He he did all these shows. I mean, he was, I mean, he was hot for like a good you know eight day stretch. Every comedian has that run, and he was in the midst of it. But he was very very funny, and I found that. So what's the playoff? Well, we're gonna well, you know uh, it, we we're not gonna call it twelve. No, it, it's five plus seven. So twelve teams are going. Yeah, it, it's five plus seven. We are very dumb. Well, as, uh, yeah, it, it's dumb. Species. And I think we need to parse it in how it is a, a manufactured, uh, you better be in a super conference or you're, you're, you might be in trouble. 
Uh, so Notre Dame got fair warning. Dude, you guys can hold out if you want. You can try if you might. Or the Borg will eat you, one or the other. Uh, weird science reference there. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. The uh, uh, Jimmy, I, I don't know how many of you guys get tricked into clickbait. Every now and then, a man of my age, you know, it happens. I've, I've donated to a variety of princes in Nigeria. There, there's a, a there's a woman in Russia that I'm helping come over with her with her sick mother, and uh, Jimmy Johnson is also now part of the committee, the football committee with the Dallas Cowboys, the advisory board, the advisory the, board, the, the Dallas the, Cowboys. Yeah. So I saw that floating around the socials, and I was like, well, I don't know how to take advisory board, but I guess I'm kind of down. Um, we're going to talk about the ramifications of what was actually said, but sometimes you lose context when you just read, or if you have a vendetta, it comes out. Uh, we'll talk about uh, a story that percolated into something really cool uh, that's worthy of discussion. And while we're talking about debate, there's J.J. A, a Reddick, who is a, a, a rise and shiner, a, a, a comer there on the TV uh, pundit side of basketball. I think he's good. I like J.J. as a NBA type. Um Got to play for Doc Rivers and was reacting to a, a, a quote from Doc over the weekend about, you know, uh, they really had to coax me to come back. And, you know, I, 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 and J.J. called out Doc Rivers on a variety of places, things that I think a lot of us feel about Doc. And then Doc's defender was, of course, his son, Austin Rivers, who uh, retorted in a very weighted and considered response, which I was like, you know what? Austin Rivers makes a point. So we'll have a discussion in the uh, in the seven o'clock silver and black as the Spurs prep for the second half of the season on uh, you know playoff bound teams where the Spurs land. Did you know that as it if it ends today we would get a play in game in the West between Steph and LeBron? Can you imagine that? Um, I mean, I still have a hard time really falling in love with these, but that's a you know. That's that's a that's a pretty solid appetizer. It's you know it's I mean? not even kissing your sister, but it's it, it is at least something to look forward to at the very beginning of a playoff because one of those dudes would be watching. Right. Um, but we'll look at, we'll look at the NBA and really kind of dissect Doc Rivers' place in NBA history. Has he lived long enough to become a martyr? Um, oh, you think you live long enough to become a martyr, not the villain? That's the classic. Well, the same thing. Line. You either die a hero. Long- yeah. I don't think a martyr is always a villain. There's villainous qualities, but yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, some people choose to be a martyr, and you're like, you're martyring on this. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest choices ever to be a martyr is, um, you know, deciding to have a uh, a concession speech um, to give up a job that you had lost too much. Did, did I see a list of the 102 available free agents floating around someplace? I think I saw a list of all the free agents. It's interesting. Um, there. You know, we live in a world of content creation, so you get like a, a top 101, and then somebody has to outdo that person, so mm-hmm. you get 102. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So we are in that season. My well, favorite is uh, is Greg Rosenthal's at NFL.com. I don't believe he's released his yet, but at, um, at 830, we're going to talk about the Texans and the situation they find themselves in free agency, because there's such a weight to having good young talent. There's some gravity to that, and you see the the good young talent that Houston has, and the little bit of money they have, and the availability of the two kind of makes it so much easier now to build a team fast. And you got a quarterback that's not making anything, and the Texans are in a great situation, a complete dichotomy uh, from the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who are looking forward to a sixty million dollar contract with Dak Prescott. And while it might be hard uh, to to say, it is not unexpected. 
Um, it is. I did a, a social hit for us on Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. If you are shocked about the sixty million number that that came out on Tuesday, shame on you because right. you haven't been listening. You haven't paying attention. I mean, this is. You know, you can be mad, you can be upset, you can be happy, whatever, but this has always been predictable. And it's not, it hasn't even been that long. It's only been like five or six weeks since the season ended. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, buckle up, because the day that happens, people like to say all the time, like, oh, the Internet's going to break. It, we, like, we're, we're doomed. Like, that day, <laughs> it, it well, is, I mean, the, the Internet is going to be insufferable that day. That's the day that Beyonce will announce Dax Press. In his press conference, the two that will break the internet from the Super Bowl commercial that those two combined could do it. Yeah, Queen B. We'll, we, we'll continue to try to break the internet, and the way that we do that is by you going to our YouTube channel and just subscribing. That's really, I mean, that's really Good all we're after. Turn um, on the noties. Yeah, Nody game. What, what's the count as we head closer and closer to our golf tournament on March the twenty um, fifth? Uh, for new subscribers, we uh, if we reach the plateau of which we chase. Uh, and of which you can help by just liking and uh, subscribing every day, uh, the liking side. Uh, we will do a Hot Ones Challenge. Yeah. Uh, Ryan provided an update yesterday. I believe we need 138. Okay, so we're moving along. We're moving on. And speaking yeah. of, we only have room uh, for about 20 teams in the golf tournament. I hate to I hate to scare you, uh, but we're down to, tw- I think it's like 23 teams uh, space left. Uh, that's... Um, so if you want to play golf, go to sasportstar.com. We're playing golf March the 25th. It is our annual spring fling. We're out at the Golf Club of Texas. It is all things that you recall and then some because this is out of the city limits. This is in another town. The cops don't even know us there. We can do some stuff they're not prepared for. Uh, and everybody knows what the back nine is like. So go to sasportstar.com and get your asses signed up because we're playing golf March the 25th at the Golf Course of Texas. I cannot wait uh, to hit the links because that will signify the beginning of spring and all things green and lush. Uh, so let's start this show uh, in an appropriate manner. Coming back, Dak's going to get it. You might as well lean back and enjoy it. But it does help the Cowboys in a variety of ways. There are some benefits to the massive amount of money. Uh, we'll look at the uh, sideways and all the things that go along with a $60 million contract and the ripple effects therein. And coming back, we might even be able to give you some justification for why he's getting it. Put your Dak sunglasses and hatred away. Uh, coming back, lots of sports talk because that's what we do. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. Howdy, San Antonio. This is Andrew Monaco. And you're locked on the home of the Aggies. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. Huddle up! This is the morning huddle. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. Thanks for sitting in with us on a Wednesday morning, a hump day edition. Hey, we're looking at the injuries that affect your world in the uh, second half of the uh, NBA season, the NFL, and baseball as it begins with uh, Dr. Jason Garrett. He'll be here about 8.45 for our injury discussion. Um, you've heard it enough here. If you've been a listener, anybody who reads, the, and there's a fabulous article there at Blogging the Boys as RJ is the managing editor over there. Um, that this was going to happen. And if you want to get all the background, uh, head over to Blogging the Boys right now. You'll see the article that RJ has, and we're lucky to have the author sitting right in front of me. Um, how long is it going to be before he signs the deal, and how much uh, uh, does timing play into this? So at our current moment in time, what's today's date, Rob? It is February the 21st at 622 in the Blessed A.M. 
So as of this moment in time, um, we still don't know the salary cap for the NFL. Oh, okay. Uh, but but uh, re- you know, reports are that it could be uh, somewhere between 243 and potentially up to $250 million. But overthecap.com has uh, projections based on a $242 million salary cap. And at the moment, the Cowboys are $21.5 million in the red. Now, they can very quickly get out of that. A couple of, you know, pen, you know, you know, here and there, right. uh, restructures, et cetera, et cetera, um, and get back into the black, um, like the final Friday in the month of November, so to speak. But that requires some, you know, work to be done, things that aren't necessarily difficult. Uh, and Dak Prescott's contract is one of them. His mm-hmm. cap number for this coming season is $60 million. I'm rounding up slightly. That is untenable. That is not possible. That's not his fault. That is the team's fault for pushing things, for delaying things, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Burrow, Rob, is the highest paid player in the NFL and NFL history, obviously highest paid quarterback. Mm-hmm. His cap number, and some of this is the fact that he, you know, is a, a recent first round pick, obviously. His cap number for 2024 is only $29.7 million. So again, just kind of an indication at how you know, Dallas has, has kicked the can down the road. Um, it would be one thing if if Dak's cap number was this number and he still had years left on his deal and they could, you know, continue to kick it down the road the way the New Orleans Saints have done with a million different things. But this is effectively the final year of his deal. He has a no-tag clause, which means they can't tag him and protect him and keep him next year. He has a no-trade clause, which means they can't just make him be somebody else's problem even if they're amenable to that idea. He has all of the leverage in the world. Uh, since he is in line for a new deal, uh, if you have no idea how basic supply and demand or economics work, you haven't taken. I feel I think it's like a, a mandated thing in like Texas um, school district policy to take an economics class in high school. Um, the next one up costs a little bit more <laughs> than the last. I mean, this is if you ever bought a car, you ever bought a house. Like that's just the way this goes. Um, from an average annual value perspective, Rob. There are four quarterbacks in the NFL who make north of $50 million. They all brokered these deals last offseason. I mean, like, that's how quickly this happens. Jalen Hurts had $51 million per year a year ago. Lamar Jackson then got 52. Justin Herbert got 52 and a half. Joe Burrow got 55. So Dak Prescott is next, and it stands to reason that he's going to get more than $55 million per year. Now... <laughs> have we built up enough goodwill to say, you know, there's a Saquon Barkley out there that what if you're willing that? to kind of give a little something here, there's Derrick Henry that'll make your life a whole lot better. In fact, there's this list of 102, soon 104 guys that we could go get to help you in your quest for a Super Bowl. You personally in your quest for greatness. That maybe you give us a little break, a little something, something, or is that has, has Jerry used up all of the goodwill? I I mean, if you were in position to make <laughs> this kind of money, would you would you help anybody out? And I mean, and pe- people will fault Dak Prescott for that. I mean, mm-hmm. they shouldn't. No, I they, because Joe Burrow did the same thing. Lamar Jackson did the same mm-hmm. thing. Justin Herbert did the same thing. Jalen Hurts did the same thing. I mean, I am team get paid. Whatever, whichever player you are, whatever team you play for, whatever sport you play for, your life in in your profession is so finite and limited. I mean, go take care of yourself, take care of your family. Um, 
Plus, I mean, paying a running back would not be the if if I had to use these resources elsewhere, my preferred you know method of of doing that would like in no universe be paying a running back. In fact, um, recently uh, one of our authors, a great longtime BTB or OCC, um, he wrote nine lessons that Dallas Cowboys should learn from mistakes of the past relative to free agency, and number one is the veteran running back. Like, <laughs> as in not not paying the veteran. Um, I thought we might have learned our lesson from last year. So uh, OCC included the, the the five biggest contracts that were handed out to running backs over each of the last two off-seasons. So does that make sense? Right. So the, the five biggest last year, the five biggest uh, two years ago. Of those ten players, because it's ten, ten different contracts, how many running backs do you think, again, of these ten, had more yards after the big deal, like with the new team that paid them in free agency? Oh, I imagine none. It was one. It was it was David Montgomery last year with the Detroit Lions. He outperformed his previous season in 2022 with the Chicago Bears. So my point is like 90 percent of splitting li- li- time. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like so like literally 90 percent of the time uh, over the last two years, um, and you know running backs dipped in production. Um, the, the highest paid ones on the open but, market. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I thought that the the playoffs we started seeing you know running back quality does kind of matter. I'm not saying they don't matter, but I'm it's still, I'm, but it's, it's, it's not right. Yeah. Like, go get the cheap labor. You know what I'm saying? Like the labor matters, but you know, devoting significant resources to it is the mistake. In fact, I think another representation of that is of the five biggest contracts handed out to running backs last off season. Number five, the fifth biggest was Dalvin cook of the New York oh. jets. And, and that didn't even happen until the halfway through training camp. And even then, even, even though it took that long, it wasn't like they were going back and forth. It was a one-year, $7 million deal. Consider that Tony Pollard's franchise tag value was just south of $11 million. So, like, the fifth highest paid player is making well below the franchise tag. So what? there is an imminent decline in the franchise cost of a running back. As the running, running back contracts shrink, the, the, you'll be able to yeah. hold on to some of these bags. They're they're not just currently doomed. They're doomed for the next three or four years as these big dollar contracts expire. And if Saquon doesn't get anything to like move the market at all, that that franchise number, which is the average of the top four, three, it, five, it, the, the the franchise tag figure is the average of the top five top, high ooh. top five highest paid players at the position. You're going to be franchising running backs at about seven eight million here before long. Well, you're not careful. Like, even if you just think about it. Saquon's going to be a free agent. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is going to be ESPN connected. Josh Jacobs to Dallas on Tuesday. Tony Pollard's going to be a free agent. You know what I mean? Like, there's just you. You can like as evidenced by the Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook thing. Not that that worked out. You can wait and right. totally get like a productive running back to pair with your cheap leg. Okay, so that lends the question: um, if you're if a running back is imminent and you can find one for a dollar value that you know seems like pennies on the dollar according to what it would have been ten years ago, five years ago even. Uh, Let's let's enumerate the reasons why Dak's going to get sixty million. I don't know if there's been enough water under the bridge or whether we, but there is a a season of worthy accomplishment that it, it that garners the idea that other teams wouldn't mind the sixty million dollar hit. So let's kind of brag on what Dak did and the effects of free agency on free agency with a a whopping new deal because this new uh, NFL math. The higher the uh, contract, the way it's the way it's spread out will benefit the Cowboys. And RJ again will explain why because he's the uh, brains of the operation. This is the morning huddle. We'll be right back here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. 
Hi, it's Jason Minnick. You're listening to the home of the Cowboys, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the morning huddle. That's RJ Ocho. I'm Rob Thompson. Hey, Shogun fans. You rating for this movie, RJ? No. You should be. <laughs> you better be. I've got two pairs of tickets to give away. We got a free screening, or not a free, free to you if you win, a screening of the movie Shogun coming up at the Casablanca. You will get free popcorn and drink uh, to go enjoy uh, what is a much heralded movie, a remake of a James Michener novel from way back when. If it's as good as the book, it should be a good movie. I think people will enjoy it. Um, and I'm excited to get book. tickets. Hmm? I didn't know this was a book. I want you to go read the book. That's going to be your homework. No, I refuse. I reject this. Uh, <laughs> that's RJ Ochoa. He's the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, and no better resource for the conversation that we're having now because as the Cowboys, and, we, and we've talked about it, RJ has pointed out more than once, that Jerry and Steven have bungled Dak from the get-go, from the very first opportunity to sign a new deal to where we find ourselves now, has been a series of Inspector Clouseau bumbling efforts that have led to nothing but overpaying for what has been a moderate to very good quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, his numbers, when you look at them, justify, I believe, what he's about to get paid. But it just is so hard for us to fathom that, He's going to get this. And the numbers kind of say he deserves it. Dak finished second in MVP voting in the NFL. Nothing to sneeze at. He finished second in EPA and completion percentage over expectation composite. He finished second in adjusted EPA per play. He finished second in general EPA per play. He finished second in success rate. He finished, um, I mean... Top board in every single possible statistic that you can possibly find. I guess if you want to be super nitty-gritty um, in FTN Fantasy's quarterback DVOA, which I know you are a big, big well, fan of, <laughs> um, he only finished eighth. So what a loser. Um, okay, wait. I love this stat. Ben. Okay. <laughs> he, I mean, he is even if he did only finish eighth in, in all these things, he would still get this deal. I don't know how people okay. still get upset about So this. we got to get mean, over the fact it's happening. It, it is, uh, it's the hurricane. It's coming. You can have a party. You can run from it. But it's going to come. It's happening. So give me the best possible benefit. Okay, the deal is done. He's getting 60 over five. Lots up front money. But there is some benefit to go ahead and getting it done. And how does that help me as Cowboy fan? It gives you salary cap space to okay. do other things. But that's why it should have been done ASAP. It should have been done a year ago, and it wasn't. And if it had been done a year ago, you would have had to have paid, um, I don't know, $52 million per year. But if I told you right now you could have $52 million per year or 60 what, what, you know, what would you say? You'd say, give me 52 And that's the thing. Like You have to pay market rate at some point. It is inevitable. You can't no – no one is stupid enough. To buy your, you know, fraud, well, we're the Cowboys, and you actually get all these off-the-field benefits and endorsements and blah, blah, Nobody's going to do that. Nobody. This isn't 1998 anymore where that actually means something. And so you have to get ahead of things. You have to be proactive. You have 
you have to bite the bullet, and they are a team that is notorious for not doing that. It's not just Dak Prescott's deal. Find the deal. Find, right. f- find the find the extension that they've handed out in the last five, six, seven years that has been forward thinking. There, there have been none. They have just been chasing their tails on all these things. It's their fault. Is there? I mean, can they can they get themselves? Can they right the ship? Is that the first positive move to getting things done? Like, all right, you've screwed everything up. But obviously, the linchpin is the Dak deal. And if they get the Dak deal just right, can they find room to maybe go spend just a little bit above market on a running back just to make sure they get him and somebody else doesn't? Can they go ahead and chase that replacement left whatever, however, Tyron or 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 Tyler Land, however all that works out, go find and spend a little bit more there if Dak and the not so much the money but the way it's paid is done right? Can they begin to to fix some of the endemic problems that Jerry and Steven have brought on themselves? I'll answer that by saying this. There is a worst possible case scenario. Okay. And and that and from a efficiency standpoint. The and I'm a fan of Dak. I, I think it, it makes sense to you. pay Dak. You know, I understand all factors at play, but if if you just drag your feet on this and don't pay Dak until the summer, that's the worst way to go about this. I mean, from an efficiency standpoint, because if you're going to do it, like we're saying, you got to bite the bullet. You got to do it now so you can alleviate that salary cap space so you can go get help around him. You can't wait until August when we're all in Oxnard together and do it then and be and then say like, well, you know, who do you want us to go sign? There's nobody, you know, whatever. The same way that all these, you know, silly fans are like, well, how do you expect them to court a defensive coordinator when <laughs> their coach is in a lame duck gear? These are all their decisions. So. You have to do this as soon as possible. Free agency begins in less than a month, in about three weeks' time. This has to be done before then so that you have that salary cap space to work with because you do have a window. You do have an opportunity to go get this, that, or the other, whether it's a running back or a left this, left toe, left shoe, Jason Minix, whatever. You have to do it as soon as possible. You have to get off the couch like Sari in the beautiful game of Survivor. What about those that say, just let him go. What's the point? Why, we can alleviate the pain. Just let him go. You think you can alleviate the pain, but it, to, to, to simply let him go, you have to absorb a just astronomical cap hit this year, and you have to significantly handicap your ability to bring in anybody to help. So this. is there any argument to say, okay, that's fine? I'm willing, but once I I get through the desert, it'll be so much better. If you are, I mean, that head in the sand full of hatred for Dak Prescott, that you are just, you know, I want him gone. I think that 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 is the path of least resistance. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that would be it. But, I mean, I, I don't think that that's living in reality. I mean, again... If if this was a dude who we were really stretching to support from a statistical standpoint, I would absolutely come to bat with you on this. But the the assertion that he's trash or what, and I'm not advocating for how he played in the playoffs. Like I mean, everybody right. obviously saw he was awful in the playoffs. They were all awful, and I'm not making up for him whatsoever. But to be out with the bathwater would be kind of a hindsight decision, especially when. This is a, a, a team and a franchise that has a horrible track record with right. doing this on purpose. I mean, th- when, when they try to find a quarterback, they bungle it so badly. 
I mean, they, they have only found the two that they have in this whole drought by complete and total accident. So you know what I'm saying? Like you, you are taking a risk upon risk upon risk upon risk at this entire idea for what? Because you're too, you know, close-minded to admit that he's actually kind of good. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, and we're going to talk about it as the show goes. Um, I'm starting to kind of land on. It might be time for some uh, elective surgery. What? <laughs> it might be time to, you know what? The knee replacement. I could suffer for another couple of years. Oh, my or gosh. Or I could just go suffer for six months, man. And know in seven months I might be back up on the track. It's not seven months, man. I mean, like, to, to live in your analogy, you, like, you have a bad knee. That's that's the like. Are you you think like you don't feel comfortable? You don't feel like yourself. You don't feel like your prime self. You just like I don't know. It just when you know when it gets cold uh-huh. out, and the doc the doctor's like, well, dude, like you're you're pretty healthy, no, and you're just like you're, you're just like no, nah, just just no. Cut I think off. we're beyond I mean, just, that just in this analogy. I think we're to the point where the doctor's going. Rob, he finished second I in know, MVP voting. What I, do you no, mean? But, the doctor's I think going. You go, but what I, my point is, the doctor's going. This is as good as it's ever going to be. That you just okay, so, your knee just ran a marathon. Your Dak see, just like, got second in MVP. This is as good as Dak is ever going to be. And next year it's going to be worse, and it's going to be worse, and it's going to be worse. So while you still got the strength, let's replace your knee now. Let's not wait for three I, years while you have atrophied to the point where you won't even be able to rehab. Let's not spend sixty million dollars a year for the next four. Let's just rip it off, baby. Let's just but you the, go through rehab the and you'll be back isn't, in isn't two what you, years. Like the, the replacing stronger. isn't as simple as you're saying it. Like well, you're, you're saying, like, oh, let's do replace it in it. one year. I've watched it. No, I've, you have you have no idea what replacing it looks like. You, you don't just get to say, yeah, give me the titanium knee and I'll bounce back and I'll do the rehab. The, like they're replacing this. Let me stick my hand in the drawer of of <laughs> materials, you know, to see what my knee's going to be made out of in the future. And let me have a a surgeon who's never done this before put it on. And let me have a physical therapist who has actually no accreditation be the person who guides. Like again, you're you're trying know, to weave man. through I, I don't all know. of these hurdles. I, think I also think some that of us I, that are kind of like, dude, I I'll take the filling. I'll I'll just I'll take the shot of bourbon. Are, let me pull the tooth, man. It just I'm gonna be castaway. I'm just gonna knock this thing out. I'll come to in a couple hours. It might not this feel comment too from good Brian for, for a minute. Is ridiculous. This comment says. I would rather go one and sixteen. Well, I don't. I'm not that far. No, no, but no, no, I am of Brian. a mind that you are like, so like you are so I lying and, and being ridiculous. Okay, we got to go to break. But I am curious. Those our morning crew, which the the sane group in our listeners, and we got some wackos. But the uh, the sane group, the morning ones. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Are you willing to suffer? Uh, six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. It's also worthy uh, of a, a poll. We're going to be talking about this because I do think. The closer we get to the uh, nut-cutting time, as it's known around the ranch, uh, there are some people that might have some uh, second thoughts about this. Um, and we're going to hear from uh, Jimmy Johnson. Ev- there's evidently a Blue Ribbon Committee that he's a member of that has caused all kinds of uh, uh, consternation amongst Dallas Cowboy fans, started by uh, a great writer named Fish. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But coming back, 5 plus 7 equals a billion. Uh, we'll tell you what that means coming up next. You're on The Morning Huddle. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.
Anybody get that number? <laughs> it's the morning huddle here on 94.1. San Antonio Sports Star. RJ Ochoa, he manages the editing of Blogging the Boys. I am Rob Thompson. I know where my car is uh, today. And Easy e on the other side of the double pane. I want to thank uh, Jason Thompson for doing... Uh, uh, Jason Thompson. Jason Minix and Jason Thompson. But Jason Minix in particular. Uh, for uh, putting on his pajamas and doing the show from his kitchen table uh, yesterday. And I, I also uh, want to congratulate him on, he made me a tri-tip. He made a tri-tip over the weekend that was uh, spectacular. Did the chimichurri too? Um, respect must be given to those that earned it. And that is one fine piece of meat. Uh, by the way, if you uh, like to photo your meat, uh, you can upload a photo at sasportstar.com every Thursday at 6 o'clock. They give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market, my meat market, make them yours. Uh, and an easy way to do that is to photograph your meat and let Joe Reinagle evaluate it. He can he can evaluate meat on a hoof. Did, did you ever do FFA like stuff? Big. Um, I did not, but my wife did. Uh, so, you know. I did by proxy, I suppose. Uh, uh, unanimously yesterday, the College Board of Managers and Moneymakers, uh, otherwise known as the, the, the athletic departments, uh, voted unanimously to adopt the 5-7 format for our imminent playoff. That allowed the Pac-12 to come in as a full-on power conference, though they only have two members. Uh, what they've done is they said, well, no matter what, the Pac-12 will not count in the first two years. So it's going to really be... Five plus or four plus eight, kind of. And then in two years, once the Pac-12 figures out who the hell they are and they, and they add to the ranks, then the Pac-12 will be a full-fledged Power 5 member. And they've even said, you know, this extra plus seven probably be better for us in the next couple of years. Anyway, uh, if we do want to try to make the playoffs. So all have agreed. Uh, Notre Dame uh, acquiesced. They're part of the voting thing. And that, this was probably a difficult vote for these guys, RJ, because they – they're going to rely on the kindness of strangers. They don't have a conference to win. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, me. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. I don't think any Notre Dame fan is is waking up, shaking in their boots. I mean, but we be can okay. hope, can't we? A man could dream, can he? I can't wait for the first. Like, this is why we need five plus. Uh, Eleven. You know what I mean. This is this is not enough. This is just. We need more. <laughs> we need more. We need more. We need more silver and black, and that's coming. But I want to give away some Shogun tickets on the way out. We're watching Shogun at uh, a movie theater near you tomorrow. Uh, you want to go see Shogun? A free screening at popcorn and a drink to go along with it. Six five six three seven seven six. First guy Edwin talks to gets it. Step in a jam by Wimbanyama. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here's Rob and RJ. Hey, gather around. We got something to talk about. It is the morning huddle. This is Talking Silver and Black. We do it every day at 7. RJ Ochoa, Bogging the Boys. I'm Rob Thompson. Easy E, keeping this train on its tracks uh, for the next three hours. 
Uh, congratulations to the Shogun uh, ticket winner. We will be giving away another pair of Shogun tickets. They're going to be uh, giving you a little pre-party tomorrow night, Thursday, at Casablanca at 7 o'clock. I have a pair of tickets that we'll give away here. In the next two hours, I'm going to say about 8.30, 8.28 or so, 8.27. Uh, let me pencil that in, RJ. You ready for the second half of the season? I mean... I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the general attitude, isn't it? Um, you you didn't get to offer takes on the All Star Weekend. It was look, I'll say it. It was kind of flat for Wemby, and that's not Wemby's fault. I'm happy the Louis Vuitton stuff happened. And that's cool, but you know, I, I just I felt I wanted so much more. You know what I mean? And we just and he was let down. I had a great tweet. I don't know if you saw. Um, it said, uh, you know, just like a, a standard Spurs, it was, I'm paraphrasing that, but just like a standard Spurs game, Wemby was let, let down by his teammates. Yep. So. Anthony Edwards shooting left-handed. What the hell's going on over here? Uh, and I was afraid of it and they did it. He had to wear the brown, he had to wear the brown sweatshirt. And I'm thought, surprised the Louis Vuitton even let him in after they saw him. Like, dude, you're beyond help. <laughs> like, really? Um, you're going to be uh, representing our brand walking around on that brown. If. If there was a Louis Vuitton Wemby jersey, would you wear it? Well, hell yeah. I know. Actually, on this line, um, Jason and I were talking yesterday about, I mean, well, we talked about sports for four hours, obviously. Um, but we were talking about the Spurs, again, obviously. And the subject of LeBron came up. And I said, if LeBron ever became a Spur, would you get his jersey? And Jason very proudly said no. I'm too good for that. I wouldn't get a LeBron's person. And I said, I said okay, let me ask you the question, because I'm on Jason's side here. Oh, my God. Would you, do you own or would you ever chase a Jordan Wizards jersey? Different. How about Different a thing. Shaq Phoenix Suns jersey? Am or I a Shaq Wizards or a Suns Celtics? fan? No. But I, mean, I don't but, even think Shaq fan, Phoenix fans would ever buy a Shaq jersey. It was a pit I think stop. they totally would. That was, would be cool. I think if he ever arrived, it would be such a pit stop old man tour part of it that it might be worthy of a t-shirt. Oh my gosh. Or I don't the know. But is out in full force. Today. LeBron ain't a, would never be a spur. Just like Shaq is never going to be ever thought of as a Celtic. Are you excited for the second half of the season? Absolutely not. But I will say this, that <laughs> as we head down the uh, the other side of this slope, um, I, I have been starting to pay a little bit more attention to college basketball, and it does kind of lend Spurs fans. You know what? If we're, if we're in this for the draft, which it appears we are, you might as well start paying attention. And I've seen a couple of dudes over the last couple of days where I'm kind of like, hmm, all right, if this is the road we're on, this point guard for Kentucky. Don't do this. I'm just no, saying that uh, has a little it. bit of something, something that is very Don't unique in, in basketball. It's not a great no. draft. but We I, have a point guard. His name is Trey Young. Uh-huh. I'm... Don't, you know, we're good. We don't need to talk point guards. We kind of you know do. I mean? We, we kind of we do. don't. We know we, it, it, it's it's a worthy conversation. I, actually, I'll, I'll ask you the question I asked Jason. If If in the summer... The Spurs do not have a player on their team that has been an all-star in the last three years. Is it a failure? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, yes. So then what, what are you doing wasting your time watching college basketball for to find your point? Because I think I found one. 
Oh, that's great. I mean, you you can have your your little point guard project, but yep. the point guard that I'm interested in is Trey Young. That's that's the future that I that I need to get to. RJ, I like Trey, and I'm not saying get rid of him, but oh, look, we have man. to be realists here. He is not a long term starting point guard in the NBA. He's not. He is an NBA point guard, and he's worthy of 20 minutes a game, worthy of 15 minutes a game. He's worthy of time on the court. But there's a skill set that he will not and ever have. And either you have to improve leaps and bounds everybody around him, or you improve the quality of the point guard to have him help the other guys. And there's some guys out there that would help. And if we are going to continue to do what we're doing, 11 wins well past midway of the season, we're going to be in a situation, a position, to draft somebody. And it appears... By by action and by history, the Spurs have no intention other than to sign a big-time free agent, move those picks, which I would say is probably 50-50. But the other part of that is, the other part of the 50 is a draft. And I think Rob Dillingham at Kentucky, if I'm, if I'm looking out there, I'm going, well, if this is the way we're going, I, I think this guy might have something. So it's time for me as an NBA fan, as a silver and black guy, to start going, well, Hurricane's coming. I can either have a party, but uh, let's pull some sandbags and get ready for it because it, it, this is this is imminent. We're going to be in the lottery and have a couple of opportunities to go really, really high in this. I just don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not I can't put all my eggs and get in and in, in the draft is going to save us again. I can't. I mean, I'm just. I, I'm not saying save. I'm I'm giving you the the I'm grasping on one little branch before I fall into the abyss. I mean, literally, as Spurs fans, I think we all are. Because what we saw over the weekend was the NBA is ready to catapult Wimby into the stars. They're ready to sell. Oh. They're ready. They want him. They want the Spurs to be successful. They are setting the table. And as we come into this season, at the end of the season, it's really going to be interesting to watch. As we saw all those young stars uh, give, be given the platforms to become what is coming. Anthony Edwards was really Shea Gilgis. We saw the stars really play well, but the old school Dame repeats. Um, the old school guys are still there, uh, and I, I'll be interested to see what the what the storyline in the playoffs is. Is it finally time for Jason Tatum to ascend in the Celtics, or will it be yet again guys from the near and the long term past? Uh, I, with that in mind. You know, the the near and long term kind of come together in Giannis and, and Milwaukee. Over the weekend, as everybody kind of took a breath and looked forward to the second half of the season, Doc Rivers talked about how he became the <laughs> the head coach of the Bucks. And, you know, by his intimation was, I didn't really want to do this. And, you know, I was on the bench and I was just kind of watching. And, yeah, I just acquiesced and I did it. And since I've joined, our team sucks. J.J. J.J. Uh, Reddick played for Doc. J. J. I almost, J. J. I almost fell out of there, but I caught it. J.J. Uh, Reddick played for uh, for Doc in uh, in L.A. They share right. a history with the Sixers. So there's some lineage between the two. This is J.J. Reddick in response to Doc uh, giving and what J.J. said an excuse for coming back in his team's performance. I, I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. 
Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm -hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working <laughs> out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Uh, JJ Reddick talking about his that former guy. coach. Now, you drop a that guy. I'll tell you, everything he said is true. I'm not a, a current Doc Rivers fan. I was a Doc Rivers fan in the past, but I think his methodologies are, are, are obvious, and JJ Reddick pointed it out that, you know, he, he, he'll take every bit of success, but he'll blame the players whenever there's a problem. I don't know what. So I agree with you, by the way, on, on JJ and his point, and it's, well said. JJ's really coming up. It's, you know, a lot of times this like hot rising media personality ultimately fizzles. JJ feels a little bit different. Yeah. Like, I feel does. like there's a little bit of staying power mm -hmm. here. But anyway, um, what does Doc have to be so surly about? I mean, like, at, right, like right now. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, you've been there for five minutes, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, what, what are you so bothered by right now? What, what is like because stuck in your craw? Because this sucks. It, it, no matter where he goes, there's always something. By the, by the time he left the Clippers, you're like, dude, you know, get a hold of your team. And then he gets to Philadelphia and the chaos that ensued. I mean, when he was a Celtic coach, he had the perfect mixture of exactly what I thought a modern coach needed to be. But since then, it has just been a, a steady digression into uh, him. They're not good enough. They're not living up. They're, you know, this is hard and the stars and, you know, all the things that he's saying. And I kind of, when I heard JJ, I was like, dude, you hit it on the head. And I'm glad NBA types are seeing what I felt like I was seeing. But then, but then Austin Rivers retired. Uh, Austin, his son, he even coached his son. Remember there in LA, mm -hmm. um, I, I thought as soon as Austin Rivers was going to say anything, it would be the typical Sun defense. But listen to what Austin Rivers has to say, and I think what he is, what he's saying, is valid. First off, I don't feel responsible to take off for my dad. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble. Uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. They had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. It seems like he's always responsible. It's just as strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But Ooh. this just seems a little bit weird. They're 3-7. and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons, but you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot. There. And you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. I have a take. Okay, it's, it's kind of a, a mini grievance. I know this isn't the time. Oh, no. It's always as, the time. As a, as a society, when we think we're, like, cooking, 
we misuse the word ironic all the time. Like, like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't ironic, it wasn't Austin. Ironic at all. <laughs> okay, just just so we're clear. Like, I know that you think that that was a burn, but it 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 just actually was literally incorrect. Um, I I think that Austin's point or retort was mostly valid, but it got a little bit personal. I don't think that JJ was personal against Doc and. You know, Austin defended, I guess, Doc in yeah, saying, that was "Oh, not ironic, by the way." Well, yeah, yeah it wasn't. I mean, nothing about it was ironic. But I, I guess he defended Doc in saying they're three and seven. Dames missed most of those games. Nothing about what JJ said was like, "Oh, the Bucks suck. Doc sucks." You know what I mean? Like it, it had nothing to do with their record. It had everything to do with what the things that Doc is saying. Right. And 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 that that's completely on Doc Rivers at this point in time. Like he's the one. The the things that people are coming for him for at this point in time. Are completely self-induced. No, like you, you're saying the team sucks, and that's fair. But at the end of the day, are you worried about the Bucks? Like, it, like the Bucks are a Final Four team in the East, right? At the very mm-hmm. least, like we, like the, on talent alone, they'll get there. And so you have no idea what that ultimately turns out to. But I, I this this moved the goalposts for me a little bit. Like Austin was defending against things that weren't even there. Like, why did we have to talk about who JJ Redick was as a as a player? Like that had nothing to do with this. Well, I, I think you said you know. Dude, everything you're complaining about, he did. He did for you. Like, the, he put an offense together that fit your skill set. He protected you on defense. I don't understand why you're talking about making excuses. Because, yeah, you can say what you want, but the dude got fired for things that a couple of times weren't even his fault. I mean, the bubble shouldn't be held against anybody. No matter, and the further we get away from it, the more we realize that that was all fake. So I'm not holding anything against. No, but I do think on the other side that Doc's time has come and gone. That for his success will lie solely, solely on the skill set of his players. He's not going to improve them. He might put them in different situations to make them a little bit more successful. But his time as an improver. And, uh, you know, a team grower like he did in Boston, which he inherited by a bunch of dudes that came by way of other stuff. And then um, the way he did in Philly. Now he's just a dude that roll out the ball and hope everybody gets along. He'll he might, he'll draw some nice plays up for you. But the moment things go south, there's nothing there. He can't he doesn't communicate with his guys. And I think that is what is being reinforced here. But I don't I also never took into account that Doc has paid the price sometimes for things that weren't necessarily on him. I would also offer it no, I don't think anybody judged Doc in the past off of, you know, sample size. I mean, Doc, Doc's had time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's never had a small sample size that worked against him. Like he's always had time to put together an entire project. And nobody like the the take here is not Doc sucks. The the take is not he's the worst coach in the NBA. The take is Doc is making this a lot more volatile than it has to be. I mean, he, he he's stirring the pot of drama. The Bucks are not a dramatic team, and and, and they mm. have become this meme and this joke in the same way the Sixers were. I mean, and the common denominator there is him and his behavior, not his you know skills or assets on the floor as a coach. This is everything for at least from my vantage point about what he's doing in terms of non-game action. What this this whole thing that that JJ even responded to was so unnecessary from Doc. What are you doing? What 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 good is coming from these conversations that you're offering or this this information that you're offering? Like th- this is only creating more dysfunction that you were supposed to be brought in to solve and cure. And okay, so that's that's one experienced coach that has skins on the wall that uh, can say I, I know how to get to the mountaintop. We'll listen to you. And he has gotten fired and destroyed for 
some things that uh, let's be real. Coach Pop hasn't even been considered getting fired for. I mean, he he suffered, uh, lost some some guys, had guys mad at him to leave. Uh, moves have been made. At what point does or will it ever happen uh, that the doc treatment finally starts landing in San Antonio, where people start going, "Yeah, but you know, I'm tired of excuses here. What do you mean we all get got to get to know each other? What are you talking about? If, These guys have been around ask, each other long enough." If you asked your Facebook friends, which is a, a interesting net to cast, <laughs> I recognize that. But if you asked people that you know on the book and said, should Pop be fired? Should Pop be this? I think most people would say no. People, no the, the, but. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's the loudest sector of fan that there is. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, There are a lot of people who are frustrated and a lot of people who feel like Pop should be held accountable for this because the fact that we're sitting on 11 wins right now is pathetic. I mean, it's it's not just embarrassing. It's not just sad. It's actually incredibly. It's an incredible underdelivering uh, on on this season. And, and did you get the sense over the weekend that there was this? Damn, why aren't they better? You know, there was this man. I really wish y'all were better so we could really kind of put Victor on the platform that he deserves to be on. I mean, they really did want to highlight what he was and. All the things that – how many packages did you see on both Saturday and Sunday on Wimby? I mean, they followed him around reading to kids. and You know, this is Wimby in this crowd, and this is him sitting next to Trey. And, oh, my goodness, did we get enough photo ops between those two guys over the weekend? So, in, you know, they are so lucky. I mean, we are so lucky. Um, on Friday night when Wimby was introduced, it was so cool how he pointed to the Spurs logo on his, you know, on his warm-up jacket. And, man, don't – don't abuse that. Don't take that for granted. You know what I mean? Like mm. how much this dude loves this team and how much this dude loves this culture and what's going on here. And and maybe that's why they're extending the benefit as far as they are. Uh, you've hit it on the head. That's worth considering. I think but, you have hit it on the head that he is happy and they don't want to rock the cart. And if they, you know, if it involves losing a few more games, they're willing to do that. It's just such a shame. I mean, and maybe, maybe we are trying to have our cake and eat it too, which is an expression I'm not a fan of. But I mean, He's. This is. This is. It's difficult to be this bad. It's. It's difficult to be this bad, and they have found a way. Well, I want to put you on the sympathy. That's where. Okay, I'm bringing you along to where I want you to be. So, if we know that the difficulty in being this bad, we have to assume that a guy like Pop and the brain trust that is has a plan, a goal in mind. That it might not have been the original goal, but they've recalibrated and we're headed towards something. And if it is indeed the draft, now is the time to start paying attention. So as we start getting closer and closer to the tournament, as the conference season starts to wind down and games truly matter, now's the time as Spurs fan to start dialing into these college games and going, okay, I'm looking at my roster. I know what free agents are going to be out there, and I know the Spurs are going to swing for the fences for that, but the guys that win titles are the ones that you draft at 15. The guys that you draft at 8 that you kind of think, if things work out, this might be perfect, the kind of thing the Spurs really haven't done very well lately. Well, my first guy that I'm looking at, Rob Dillingham. Just, I'm Spurs fans, if you haven't been paying attention, go watch him. Do you think that's the kind of guy that is draftable in the top 10 that could immediately help. In my mind, as I head through what's going to be a plot, I don't see any wins coming anytime soon. Uh, I have to find something to look forward to and hang my hat on. And now it's going to be the college draft. I did it last year with Wimby, and I'm readjusting and recalibrating in a lot of different ways. And this is one of them. I'm going to just pay attention to college basketball and look at this process as one that's going to be 
Not on my schedule, because that's obvious. Not on the Spurs fan schedule, and Pops made it very, very apparent. This is a Spurs thing, and this is a glacial movement. This ain't a quick turnaround idea. You mentioned it might be time to pay just a little bit more attention to the college world to open things up, and that was a thought I shared yesterday as well. Um, And so I thought, okay, you know, this is UConn's UConn's world. Let me see what their world looks like. (laughs) Like, It was just a funny thing to to dive into yesterday specifically in, in that particular And then situation. watch Creighton take down UConn on the road. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the mighty Creighton. Who would have thought? Uh, they bombed him, and it was a fun basketball game. And if you are indeed a basketball fan and you're starved for entertainment without something to, you know, without an allegiance, uh, the college games over the last couple of days have really been heating up as conference season winds down. And, of course, uh, we're the home for your Texas Aggies last night. They went down uh, to Arkansas, uh, who came into College Station and beat them. Uh, I don't know what to make of uh, the different conferences. I will say this as we get closer and closer to the tournament that I don't know what the Big 12 either scares me to death or there could be three teams from the Big 12 in the Final Four. It's one or the other. They could all be really good or they could all be just awful enough to make each other look good, if that makes any sense. Because a couple years ago, the Big 10 did that to us. They sent like nine teams to the tournament and all of them lost in the first weekend. I mean... It's, we're, we're approaching the most wonderful time of the year, obviously, in, in a lot of ways. And the number of, of kind of question marks that are hovering that we're going to have chaotic answers to in the weeks that unfold is just, it's beautiful. Coming back, uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, was on a local news station. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what, did, what did you say this? Um, uh, yes, this yesterday? was recent. I or, don't know. The I think you said it Monday. On it Monday. It might have been Monday. You know, uh, you know, you get familiar with guys and you start joking around and, and, and Jimmy made a comment regarding, you know, his recent induction into the ring of honor and what that meant. And he has been, in his words, brought in on a special committee. Uh, that little thing lit a fire that uh, is still kind of burning. Uh, we're going to talk about the reaction to a Jimmy quote that was taken out of context. I think you're going to enjoy this because this is so symbolic of the way the Dallas Cowboys continue to bungle things. Uh, congrats, Jimmy. You're in the ring of honor, and now it's a Blue Ribbon Committee thing that puts a writer out on a limb. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Stay around with us. You're going to enjoy it. You're on uh, the morning huddle. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. We'll be right back here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinagle here coming up on the Blitz. I saw Sticks last night. Went to the rodeo. I'll have a review of that. Plus... million for Dak Prescott? Say it ain't so. (laughs) RJ, did you miss your cuddle with Jason this morning? Did you miss the morning cuddle? It is the morning cuddle. Uh, That's RJ Ocho. I'm Rob Thompson. Thanks for sitting in with us this morning. Don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you where you're going. Uh, here on San Antonio Sports Star. So uh, the Internet's a, a crazy place. And you know one of the things that, uh, as an older dude, there there's such a difference in a conversation versus a text or an email, that the inflection, the, uh, the attitude of the person speaking is very rarely, uh, you can't always garner it from a text. Just because somebody says something, you don't know how they said it, you know, that maybe there wasn't the, the proper... Uh, emphasis on certain things so when you read that jimmy johnson says that i'm on some sort of ad hoc (laughs) what's the name of the committee 
Uh, it, it's you keep using the word committee. Oh. It's uh, <laughs> it's the advisory board. That's, well, okay, that's what board committee—they're all the same thing. The uh, advisor, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> advisory board, which one? I, I I didn't know we had. If we do, we should. If we don't, we should. But that that started a fire. So tell us the ramifications of a statement like that and where it went. So this popped up on my radar. <laughs> this is how the how the sausage gets made around here. On Monday evening, one of our uh, contributors at Blog and the Boys sent a tweet to our Slack channel and said, hey, this is going around, you know, whatever. We just all kind of constantly communicate. And there right. was a, 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 a screenshot of a quote where Jimmy Johnson said, I'm on the advisory board <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm back in the fold. And so then we had somebody else jump in. And, again, this is how it all works. Do, some, do we need something on this? Right. I, I can do it. I'm free right now, whatever. And we said, wait a minute, what? Like, what? He said, when did he say this? Where did he say this? How did he say this? Whatever. And so I immediately start kind of cross-referencing and checking things and um, jump to the Internet. And I, I quickly found other people as, as flummoxed as I was. Um, shout out to um, to Bobby Bell um, of 105 Through the Fan and NFL Network. He was the first person I saw that pulled the audio that I know we have. This was Jimmy on 560 Sports WQAM in Miami in a conversation. This is on the Joe Rose Show initially <laughs> and originally about Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins, and then he had this to say. So, so I got to ask, I haven't talked to you since the whole thing in the Ring of Honor and Jerry Jones and and uh, that relationship, which has kind of been back and forth. It was good to see. And, and, Jimmy, I think it's probably the first time I can ever remember a guy going in the Hall of Fame way before going to the Ring of Honor. But but that's okay. But I thought you were a real pro's pro with the whole thing, Jimmy. Well, since the Ring of Honor – Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. <laughs> I'm talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got, had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, But everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. So, so you, in jest. You tell yeah, you tell me whether you thought that to be a serious well, line or... I, I will say what I took seriously was that hour-long conversation had ramifications. I will that was say also, that It's funny something. you say that because that also got misinterpreted. He, he says, I spoke to him about an hour after the season and after the game and not an hour or about an hour. Like, like everybody somehow came away thinking that the conversation lasted one hour. I mean, it might have. But what he says is, I spoke to him about an hour after the regular season. Or the, the regular, but the I season still think margin. that whatever advice, whatever was offered from Jimmy, the last, I think probably had a lot to do with McCarthy staying. I do. I'm not. I I'm do. not denying that. All I'm saying is this is the way the internet works mm -hmm. now, and I'm not so complaining about that. So that being said, but, about the special ad hoc blue ribbon board of advisors, yeah, like. Well, I saw this all over Reddit and message boards and Instagram posts and from fan accounts and things like that. And that's fine. Like, make your posts and things like that. But, like, you just maybe do one step of work, you know, where you check in this. Because this was not, you know, the way that just text would, would indicate it to be. A lot of people are truly, even still, of the mindset, 
Oh, wow. Jimmy's on the advisory board. <laughs> Brad Sham, the, the GOAT, um, tweeted out. He was asked about this. He said there's no advisory well, board. Well, I'm going to pretend like there is. If there was an advisory board that included the GOAT, Brad Sham, and uh, Jimmy, and, you know, most great, most boards of directors include a disparate cast of, of very experienced people in a wide range of fields because they bring to their to the board, their governorship, a, a, a perspective that's required to run a company. It's not the only decision maker, but it does aid in making a decision when you can bring something to the table that nobody else knows. So if there was one, I would like to think that Jimmy would be on it because he's both been in the circle and outside the circle and has been one of the few people that can go toe-to-toe with Jerry. He has. So I, I would like to think that if there was... Would they, with Jimmy and let's say Stephen A. Smith, I would hire him as bring him uh, in as my, one of my board of governors because let okay you you're on the outside taking pop shots and and your opinion is respected in some circles. I'd like to hear from you as we make our business decision. What would that committee with Jimmy and Stephen A. and name whoever else would they say? All right, first on the agenda as we look for the next fiscal is Dak Prescott and the potential sixty million dollar albatross that might be hung around our neck. Now, we could call it an albatross or we could call it an opportunity, but it's a whopping amount of money for a guy who can't win a playoff game. So if we're going that He's way. He's won two playoff ah, games. We won. What? <laughs> okay. Bad example, but we get the gist of what I'm talking about. One, does that take us further than we've been? Uh, he can't progress. Um, would this board of governors go pay him and let's fix this? Or would this board of governors with Jimmy and everybody else go, you know what? This is a dying thing. Let's kill it faster. I think that it is great to see that Jimmy and Jerry have some level of relationship to where they can just be friendly. At the very least, that makes me happy, right? That that fills my heart with... with yeah, but how love. does it help me? Well, okay. What's I'm, in it for you me? Know, I'm, I'm addressing what you said. Um, the only people who are staunchly against the idea of paying Dak Prescott. There are, are two types, two archetypes of people. One, Dallas Cowboys fans who are so, um, you know, just kind of blinded to anything other than their own rage <laughs> about Dak that they don't want to pay him. That's one group of people that they don't want to do this, that aren't willing to acknowledge all the, the Joe proper objective the circumstances. Yeah, the Joe Ryan angles of the word. Although Joe's not a Cowboys fan, so it's hard well, to kind of put him in that. He box. is. He just doesn't want to admit um, it. And the other box is. I love you, Dak. See? The, the other box is hot take artists. That's it. Those are the only two people, only two archetypes that, that are against paying Dak Prescott. I think c- I don't have to value. be a hot take artist to give you enough validation to go, it ain't going to work. So you can he decide now and you can pay him. Second in MVP voting. I know. What do you mean? You, you can't. You don't just like I know and dismiss, and it's like a dandelion in the wind. That's a big old deal. It is. It's a huge <laughs> it's, deal. It's a but I can deal. say this is the best he's ever going to be. I've seen it. I don't think it can get any better. Uh, this the, was it. For the, this is the most difficult part about this whole process is forget the number. Forget it. Just cl- like close your mind off at the number, the sixty, because people even still are, are like, I can't believe he's making forty million dollars. Do you realize, right away, the 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 deal? Think about this, Rob. The deal he signed was three years ago. Three three years ago. That's a thousand days. Not even a thousand days ago. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess probably at least approximately a thousand days. In three 
years' time, the deal he's going to sign grew 50% in value. <laughs> Think about that. That is stupid. <laughs> it's but impossible. It's time to sell. It's, it's time to let, let go of this no, depreciating but for, no, but asset you're, right you're, now. You're, you're too attached to the number. You're just, it's the same thing. You're, you're paying him the same percentage. But people see the big number, the $60 million, and they think, oh my gosh, we're paying him all this money. First of all, it's not your money, so I don't know why you're so upset. And second of all, it is the same relative percentage that he is taking up already and when you do it you get to bring in more players to help and if you don't do it you risk trying to find the most precious asset that an NFL team can possibly achieve an experience in which the Dallas Cowboys specifically spectacularly fail at they are not good at finding the thing you will need if you move on from Dak Prescott. But that matters in this conversation. But the blind rage and the hot take boxes just look, oh, 60, nope, no way, no way, and, and completely devoid themselves of all context. I like what Jay Ford put up here, and it is a good question. Why are the regular season stats such a big deal for a quarterback? Because there's only one Super Bowl champion, and there's be 31 other quarterbacks out there that you have to justify other stuff. And that's one of the reasons the Cowboy, the Dak lovers say, you know, I'd rather see 17 games of Dak Prescott and a lot of wins, and you know, have the, the, he might give us the best opportunity for a uh, a fun season. But and I'll you if know you, hope for the if, best if in the playoffs. If you think the regular season is meaningless, then you think it, Josh Allen is trash, exactly. and you think Lamar Jackson is trash. But, like the, these goalposts move when it comes to Dak specifically because of the of the but team. But there he plays is for. some of me that's like, you know what? I'm willing to spend a little bit bit less money. On maybe some uh, something that's a little unknown, a little a little gunslinger, a little different, just to see if that's enough. Because this hasn't been this this hasn't worked by by his fault. What do you fault, mean it hasn't worked? It, because they, oh, only thing right now, because everything else, the only thing I can quantify is, is the chase for the Super Bowl. Okay, so because, they haven't done the incredibly difficult thing which that is only, the only one quarterback has that, had success in doing. You're, you're right. I, I'm not saying that the argument that I'm making is, is a sane one, because the sane one would be the argument that Jerry has been winning over the years: make money, win the games. This is I don't this think is working spectacularly well. I don't my, know what the problem. My is. argument is born insanity, and it isn't anything to do with making money. It's to do with being oh. consistently in the mix and maximizing your potential. But but people want to penalize Dak because he's not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and, and if, if you start living in that world, now you're truly on the opposite side of sanity. I'm not penalizing him. I'm just giving him opportunity to be successful elsewhere. See, like, th these kind of comments are silly to me. J4, I love you. But Josh Allen has made it to conference title games. Comparing him to Dak is unfair. First of all, he's only made it to a singular one, and it was 2020. And a lot of people, to your point about the bubble, Rob, don't necessarily evaluate that the same way, but that's neither here nor there. But that being said... So, like, if the regular season stats don't matter, now now we're, like, giving him an award for appearing in a conference title game that they lost? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is like, these are stupid badges Allen of honor that we hand account. out? Like, it, like this is a stupid thing to say, well, he appeared in one. You know who else appeared in one? Ryan Tannehill. Are we going to act like Ryan Tannehill is amazing? No, we're not going to do that because we're not silly. We don't have to do well, these silly little dumb three ridiculous things. Case Keenum appeared in a conference title game. Are we willing to, you but, know, sell but, the farm to bring in the gunsling and Case Keenum? The first three that you brought up. And that'd be Dak, Josh Allen, and who was the third one? Taney Hill. And Taney Hill was Jackson. the first was to go down. Um, 
I think all three teams, or two of the teams, and I think the Cowboys will eventually be the third team, that will look back on the time and go, I wish we'd have gotten rid of this clown sooner. The, the Tennessee held on to Tannehill way too long. And I think I, that Buffalo at some point will go in the next three years. It's time for this cat you to know go. Why they ran, you know why they held on to him too long? Because other teams got better. And that's not, that's not an indictment of Tannehill. That's just other teams found ways to do it. I do want to address this question from Brian in the Brigade Bar. He says, so if they get the weapons for Dak and he doesn't get it done, what's the excuse? I don't think it's an excuse. It's just they didn't get it done. Like, it doesn't have to be. It isn't like, oh, man, Dak was this, that, whatever. It's just they didn't get it done. But this, again, people just want to, like, scream and and blind rage and, and, and smash, you know, Gallagher style something, anything, because they're so mad. And, and they allow themselves to be infiltrated by this incredible, illogical line of thinking. I mean, it, it, this is a really simple thing to understand, and they see the number. No, can't pay $60 million. No. It's, again, it's, it's, it, it looks like a big number, but relative to the overall kind of pie and, and situation, it's the exact same. So, so you getting upset is really only but you making yourself look silly for no for, reason. For the average Joe, a raise is signifying – quality time spent that you it's spent not a raise. and earned. It, it, it is a it's, raise. It's more than he got. And I know it, that it's standard. It's a raise 3%. relative to, right. it's, it's, it's just a raise relative to the, you know, to inflation. That's all it is. It's the same value. But it's still I mean, a raise that you look at and go, you didn't freaking earn it. You what didn't do you mean deliver didn't freaking, because we it, were told you were the one and you they were fixing and firing and doing and we're no better than we were last year. And you want to raise? You want to? You're coming to me with a contract see, and the, longer? The, the, like, entitle, the, hell out the of entitlement here. of this comment from Brian: three seasons, number one offense, and nothing came out of it. Just another year. Do you recognize how difficult it is to be the number one offense in the NFL but, ever? Let alone and and you're by your own admission. This this quarterback has authored the best offense in the NFL three years in a row. But and, and again, I'm not saying he's the best dude in the NFL, but to act like he's not worth paying franchise quarterback money is ridiculous. I mean, it is absurd. We'll talk about it just after eight. Sixty million dollars a year is coming. How long will the Cowboys need to pay that? And how does it truly help? We'll get there at 8, but coming back, college football is coming to agreement. The Board of Governors gathered and unanimously decided that 5 plus 7 will equal well over a billion. We'll talk about that next. This is the Morning Huddle, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports. Alexa, it's the morning huddle. With all the rights and duties therein, he's the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa, my co-host with the mostest. I'm Rob Thompson. I want to thank uh, Jason Minix for sitting in, putting on his jammers and sitting in the kitchen uh, to offer a morning cuddle, the likes of which we've never had before. Uh, thank you so much for sitting in. And by the way, you made a fantastic tri-tip for me. I've got some tickets to give away in about 30 minutes to go see the movie Shogun, the remake. It'll be out at the uh, uh, Casablanca uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, the tickets will give you two entries and uh, two popcorns and two drinks and one fine movie. We'll do that in wow. 30 minutes. 
Uh, so we know that the college football playoff is changing, and the world will improve greatly with 12 teams headed to the playoff. Now we know the format faux show. They had to vote unanimously uh, to agree to the 5-7 split. It could have been 6-6. Six and six, could have been 4-8. We didn't know. Uh, but they went with the five, five power conferences. Now, here's the caveat. The Pac-12 will remain part of the Power Five, but not for two years because there's only two members. And in fact, it serves them better, that the extra seven, if they do want to actually make the playoff, uh, that they'll probably get in via the seven. Uh, they probably would have anyway. So in, in three years, the Pac-12 will regain its status once they add some more teams, and they will play into it. So here we sit, Notre Dame being the lone voting member of the Board of Governors, or whatever it's called, that also <laughs> voted unanimously. Although, in the end, it could shoot them in the foot. There could come a day without a conference championship that they get number 13, and Notre Dame is not represented, though they are a power conference under themselves. I think Notre Dame will be fine. I'm not worried for them. I don't think they're worried for them. This, why do we have to call it this? This is so dumb. This is, is it, you know, is anybody going to be like, man, I can't wait for this year's five plus seven? You know what I mean? Like, just, like, no, this is just. It, to acquiesce know. into this, though, they are getting a little bit of money. Oregon State and Washington State will each receive a full Power 5 revenue distribution, despite the fact they won't be participating, which will be between 5 and $6 million per school, uh, for uh, being able for acquiescing and voting for this. That It didn't need to get done. I think it's the, the best way to possibly do this. Uh, now it's just all over but the crying. Let, let, let's get busy. Uh, I'm ready for uh, September 1. Bring it on. I mean, welcome to the new world, the new frontier. We got a new NCAA coming out that will probably under deliver. We got this. I wonder how quickly this will, because now we have this two year gap um, of a conference with two members that's going to probably chase at least six new members to come and join. So there is the opportunity for, like, I look at SMU who's literally foregoing any money to go into the ACC. Maybe they look at this and go, you know what? We could go join a Pac-12 and, and share in some money. There's a two-year buffer here, but this will spur the last of the tectonic movements that have been the NCAA as six spots now open back up for ease of entrance into the uh, playoff by just winning their conference. We'll continue talking that, but coming back on the other side, the Internet is a dumb place. And, and <laughs> if you see something that is misrepresented or represented correctly and you take it the wrong way, you can start a small fire, but it is worthy of discussion. Jimmy is in the ring of honor, but he is in the circle of trust. Uh, Jimmy speaks. We listen. We're talking about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, 60 million just on the other side. Hang around with us. This is the morning huddle and you are on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. How good you want to be? From play one to the last play, we fighting. Today's about opportunity and character. We got a chance to come out here and play football. It's a blessing. Hey, every season is full of defining moments. Let's make this day a defining moment for us in our quest. Let's go, baby. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now. Here are the guys. Hey, gather around. We got something to talk about. It's the morning huddle. Huddle up around RJ Ochoa. He is the managing editor of Blogging the Boys. I'm Rob Thompson, uh, the partner in crime. I know where my car is. And on the other side of the double pane glass, that is Easy E. Edwin Hafner. And across from me, just joining us, you can't see him, but his presence is felt. 
the designated hitter, Private Ryan, is here, our digital hero. And he brought a wonderful-looking breakfast sandwich, but he only brought one. So I get to watch as Private Ryan over here devours a delicious QT sausage and egg. Uh, I guess it's a biscuit. Oh, it is the biscuit. And he, oh, he didn't get the cheese. You got shorted on that. Wow, the QT let you down. It's karma. It's karma. Did you have your uh, sausage pancake on a stick this morning? I did. It was delicious. You watched me eat it, actually. I did. Um, I just wanted to ask so. the question because I have a couple in front of me. I need to go heat up. I haven't had one in a couple of days and been looking forward to it. I can't get uh, Edwin to eat one. And if you want to see what they look like, this is special. My buns. There, there you go. And if you want some fine meat between your buns, uh, get yourself a good breakfast. Uh, I, I saw that that uh, Joe Ryan Eagle and, and Jason Minix were on TV yesterday. Like You can put us on TV, too. If you subscribe, you can just throw up us on any screen you want. We're, we're now on an Apple podcast. You can get there, you can get there now. Uh, wherever you follow us and watch us, you can sling it onto a TV and watch us big time, and you see this delicious breakfast that is imminent. Uh, By the way, on the subject of watching us and the subject of eating, uh, Ryan can provide a proper update, but if we hit... A certain number we're working on tabulating. Can you give me a tabulation sound, Rob? Uh, I was looking more for like a bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, you know, oh, type beep, of thing. Bleep, 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 okay. Amplify um, the ping machine. Ping! Uh, thank you. Alpha 5 ping! over here. Um, if we hit a certain number of subscribers by the ping! Friday before the golf tournament, everybody go to sasportstar.com. You can sign up. Uh, that is uh, The tournament itself is on ping! March 25th, so we have about a month in change. Uh, to go, if we hit a certain number of subscribers, Rob and I, after our show on um, on that day, on Monday, the 25th, we will do the Hot Ones Challenge, and we will record it, and we will throw it up as a YouTube exclusive. Uh, we need 137 subscribers. That's a, that's a lot. I'm not sure this is going to happen. Well, I mean, hey. We, I mean, I'm R- just Ryan saying. Ryan was the one who came up with the number, so, you know. Uh, no, I'm just saying, because uh, I don't think I, – I, I, I think I'm probably going to be – you think you're safe? That's what you're saying. Well, I think I'm safe, but I, I think if we did actually do it, I, I I don't know if you have a palate to go as far as me, or or we're about in the same boat. I think we're probably in the same boat. One of us is going to have to push the envelope. I mean, because I like it warm, both, and I like it kind of hot. Have to do the challenge. I I know, I know but saying. we don't. But you're allowed to quit if if it becomes overwhelming. I'm just you know wondering if I can make it to like no, eight. No, what are you talking I about? Can't, I, a, you have to finish it. Well, I'm uh, to the. I'm not only, going to sacrifice um, my innards I, for a, a couple of, only, of subscriptions, let me tell you. I believe only one person has quit in the history of Hot Ones. Do you know who that is that you would put yourself in? Was it in Jennifer Lawrence? Who quit? No, she went all the way. Yeah, but she, she was, was throwing great. stuff all over the place, though. But anyway. She was just really animated. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fight. You know what I mean? It you is. you got to get through. It was um, DJ Khaled who was the only See, respect, person. respect, who... man. Life's too no, short that... to just set yourself on fire for the, the amusement of others. I'm just saying if, you know... Not if that I wouldn't thing. do it if we did it, but you're going to have to vote. You're going to have to subscribe to get it. I mean, you're going to have to do it, and I don't think I'm going to have to do it, to be honest with you. Wow. So, okay. I mean, and I think that's a good thing because I don't think I could make it to the end. I don't want to humiliate myself in public. There's this uh, circular story going on, <laughs> not like I don't do that every day, and I often humiliate myself alone. You don't need to be here for me to humiliate myself. I'm just glad I can do it around you. Um, and speaking of humiliating, I love this story because it's one long thread of the same story, but it's different. Because the $60 million to Dak, 
the idea of who is making these decisions because the decision-making process to this point has been comical and, and stupid. And the only change to the whole program here is the addition of Jimmy Johnson inside the Ring of Honor. So as I, as I lay that, this story down, this is what's gone on since Monday. Uh, start the story, and then we'll hear from, uh, from uh, Jimmy uh, in a second. So, RJ, tell us how we got to where we are now, and we're going to talk about Dak and his $60 million and other things as we get there. Uh, a quick 10-second necessary sort of foundation yes. of context is that Jimmy Johnson was held out of the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor for like 30 years. If you're unaware. <laughs> so, if, you have, if you're just uh, so, joining us and uh, didn't yeah, know. Um, that, that was important to kind of understand, and that their relationship between he I'm and sorry, Jerry Jones was somewhat so. rekindled. Um, so in, in light of that, um, on Monday evening, the story kind of started to percolate around the Internet that Jimmy Johnson had joined the Cowboys uh, and joined the Cowboys specifically advisory board. And everybody was like, what the hell does that mean? Um, the other verbiage, the other line that was thrown out and tossed out was that Jimmy was back in the fold. In the fold. The Cowboys. So um, if you saw these quotes on the Internet, you saw Jimmy Johnson joins the Dallas Cowboys advisory board. Jimmy Johnson back in the fold with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you're, you're thinking, like, we're back. In fact, a lot of comment sections I saw in different places, a lot of Reddit threads, a lot of, you know, Instagram post comments were like, Oh my gosh, they're taking things seriously. <laughs> my first now. response was the same, RJ. I was like, <laughs> we got an advisory board. That's awesome. <laughs> you were gassed up. Um, and so I, maybe this just is a representation of who I am as a human being that I'm maybe more naturally pessimistic. Um, I, I, my gut instinct was, wait a minute. What is this? Uh, wh wh where is this coming from? Um, did some digging. It, it really didn't require much digging. It was kind of like a, a sitcom where I just stuck the shovel in the ground and immediately you know, found the very treasure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Jimmy, this all came from an appearance on 560 Sports WQAM in Miami. He was talking on the Joe Rose show about the Dolphins, et cetera, et cetera. And he clearly has a, a fun relationship with the host. Uh, and the host said, I haven't spoken to you since the Ring of Honor. And, well, this is what Jimmy said, but more specifically, how he said what he said. So, so I got to ask, I haven't talked to you since the whole thing in the Ring of Honor and Jerry Jones and and uh, that relationship, which has kind of been back and forth. It was good to see. And, and, Jimmy, I think it's probably the first time I can ever remember a guy going in the Hall of Fame way before going to the Ring of Honor. But but that's okay. But I, I thought you were a real pros pro with the whole thing, Jimmy. Well, since the Ring of Honor – Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. <laughs> I'm talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got, had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, But everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. He's back in the fold, as he said, with a smile on his face. Um uh, we coming back. I want to talk about the ramifications of this because we are headed into a sixty million dollar contract with Dak Prescott, whether you like it or not. I don't like it personally, but I do think that Jimmy played a role in one of the three things that he just talked about, whether it be Dak's contract or Mike McCarthy staying or Dan Quinn leaving. I do think that that conversation about an hour after the Green Bay loss did play a role in what maybe we had hoped to be some kind of board of governors i don't know but let's talk about the 60 million that dak is due coming up next there's going to be a lot of points to say don't do it i'm one of those 
RJ, the level head, explain why it needs to happen and how it's really not as big a deal as it's going to be made. Do you believe it? Well, we'll figure it out. We're talking cowboys and ineptitude magnified by X if they do it yet again. Cowboy Talk coming. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz coming up at 2 o'clock today. Obviously, we're talking Spurs. Dak Prescott resetting the quarterback market, which I know is a topic that you certainly love, RJ Ochoa. Are you writing him a check for $60 million per? It's inevitable, it appears. Jason Minix and Joe will be talking about it today at 2 o'clock. The Blitz gets busy. This is the morning huddle. He's RJ. I'm Rob. Thanks for joining us. I, I am, I am slowly joining the ranks of uh, chaos. I'm a nihilist. I believe in nothing. I, I'm about, I'm about to get to the point. As I looked up and saw a quote on my TV screen just a second ago, Emmett Smith saying, "I'm tired of being told what the Cowboys could be." I'm tired of being told if we do this, if we do that, we could be this. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all about now bathwater and baby, nose despite a face, a variety of other analogies. I'm ready to just throw it all out and start over because the last eight years have been an exercise in futility. And that's the chapter I think we're closing, an eight-year chapter, the Dak Prescott chapter. Are you a um, a Family Guy fan, Rob? I am to the extent that I like the quotes. I've never watched an entire episode, but I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. I just don't know where they are. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I will say I find it impossible to believe that you've never been somewhere where it was at least on in the background for the run of an entire No, you're right. I, I've seen it. I know okay. enough. Yeah. There's a very, very, very famous scene from Family Guy um, about a mystery box. Peter Griffin, who you're well aware is the main character of the mm-hmm. show, um, there's a discussion about a boat and trading in a boat for a mystery box. And he says, a, a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> so. Right. You're saying you're tired of being told what the Dallas Cowboys could be. You're tired of being told that the franchise quarterback could be this. He is very good. You can, you can, and I don't mean you specifically. I mean all of you, you know, uh, you know, morning huddlers, our morning cuddlers. I know, love you, Dak. He is. A, you can admit this, okay? And, <laughs> and even if you say I don't want to pay him, it's okay. No one's gonna get mad if you admit he's a very good quarterback. But when we come back, I, I, we owe you a break, right, Edwin? I want to make sure we, we keep this on. Because I, I think there's – we got a few. Because I want to talk about this. Because I do think Dak – the conversation about Dak is twofold for me. Because what he is due isn't outrageous. Although, in my mind, for a third of it, it would have been outrageous. But in the market, what he's due and what he's going to get isn't outrageous. And you made a valid point. The percentage of what he's going to get is even less outrageous. It's just the cost of doing business and the expansion of the product. There's just more money, and he, but he's getting the same percentage he ever got. It's, it's inflation. That's all this is. 
You know what I mean? If you time traveled back to 1960 and told somebody what your mortgage was, they'd say, what? Right. <laughs> say, I'm never leaving this house. You know what I mean? Like, it's just inflation. That's all this is. But people act like because it's this big number that it's this big, scary thing. It's the same number. And the sooner you do it, the smaller it is. That's 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 the, the, the hurdle that... that I try to drag people over, right? Like, like, like we're in in basic training. Like, get over, get over this. Come on, you know, I'm, I'm pushing you over. As soon as you break through this this mental block, you can kind of understand the way this whole thing works. But some of it, because it has been so inept, because Jerry and Stephen have handled Dak Prescott's process from the moment that he became the starting quarterback to now, the way they chose to push down the road paying him until they were held it and they had to, and now they're back at it, that you get the sense that there's some kind of acquiescence like, oh, well, we got to do it now because we screwed this whole thing up. When there's still an out, there's still an avenue to, to escape the, the Dak paradigm of, or paradox of, yeah, the regular season is great, but at some point I'd like to see some success in January. And given where what they have to do to get to January, you don't want to get rid of Dak, but at the same time, you're going to kick me in the teeth next January again? What's the point? Uh, I've seen enough regular season you know, MVP records. That doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't, that doesn't feed the bulldog. And maybe just ripping the Band-Aid off and suffering for a little while might write Jerry and Steven their perspective and give us a little bit of breakaway from what has been, by the definition, insanity. You are so massively discounting every like the body of work and just throwing the term regular season over it. I mean, you know, I'm not diminishing the value of a playoff game, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not the most important thing. But Dak Prescott played in 18 games for the Cowboys this past season, and he was exemplary in 17 of them. And you're just like, he sucks. <laughs> well, it's like, not that he sucks. That I'm sounds? not saying that. What I'm no, saying I mean, is. That's, that's the, that's the it's side not of the you, fence it's that me. You're, you're, <laughs> you're venturing towards. You, you know, you're, you're going to hang out with these people. You know, you're like, oh, we're just getting coffee, RJ. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, we're just, I'm not signing anything. Don't worry. But, I mean, that's, that's what this becomes about. And, again, not that the regular season trumps the playoffs because that's the ultimate goal here and, and what's involved. But. They've been the number one offense three years in a row. He finished second in MVP voting. I mean, if I, I don't, if Justin Herbert did this, I mean, they would actually throw him a parade with the Chargers. And some, so some of this is just the Cowboys. But the, the, this is all, this is this is all the result of how the Cowboys have done this. The way that the Cowboys have set this up to where their own fan base is divided against their highly successful quarterback. That's the way they want. Is anybody sitting here and, and mad at the Cowboys for getting to this point? No. People are mad. How can Dak take all this money? Dak should take less. Dak should do this. Mm-hmm. Dak, blah, blah, blah. Why do the sins of the organization fall on the quarterback and not the organization itself? Uh, it, well, it has fallen on him because it's cost him X amount of dollars more than it should have. I mean, I don't know how much more he's paid Dak. And we could probably check the the – the timeline and say if he'd assigned him what he should have the first time he'd assign him for 20 million dollars less over the life of his contract i think if he'd assigned dag last year you've already said there would have been at least about eight million dollars less a year if he had just Jalen jumped Hurts in his deal a year ago he was 51 million dollars a year the cowboys had every uh, every same ability to get dak extended at the exact same time so and did they 
No. No. But, the, you know, just because, you know, the regular season thing is a, is a difficult question because I remember back the last time the Spurs were worth a crap back in 2015-16 that there was the uh, – they had the opportunity at the end of the season to go 41-0 and at home. They, You know, they could have just put out a little bit of effort in that last home game and put together a record that you go, Wow. That's never going to be beaten. But they chose to, you know what, we're going to save our legs and we're going to charge them the playoffs. And they ended up losing. They didn't, they didn't even get the title. And the one thing they could have gotten, a regular season thing that you could have hung your hat on, you go, well, that's the only time the regular season has ever mattered to me as Spurs fans since 1999. I, After but, that, it didn't matter. All I wanted was the ring. But in 2015, 16, you go, this matters. Everything. I think that that's. These are very different examples. Well, no, what I'm trying we, to get at is if you hang your hat on the regular season and say, well, it does matter, you get lost in the muck of, well, you dad, I had 17 great games. I only had one bad one. I, I'm not hanging my hat on the regular season mattering. What I'm saying is, you know, in the last five years, three, if you look at this three-year run, as, as was mentioned in the comment earlier, in this three-year run, the Cowboys have been the number one offense in the NFL. Dak has been the author of that. They have more wins than anybody in the regular season than the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep in mind, the Chiefs have two Super Bowl wins in that exact same time span. They are the most successful offense in all most advanced metrics. I mean, so to act like that, again, I'm not hanging my hand on the regular season, but the, the extreme that you're living on is get rid of it. It's done. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's not working because we're not the Chiefs. Look, do you recognize how, how drastic and dramatic of a leap that is? It's not even throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's throwing the baby out with the smelly diaper. You're right. It is all of that. But I understand maybe five years ago it wasn't possible to do what we're talking about. But I think given the salary cap and the availability of free agency and drafting that I could probably rebuild this team pretty quick if I had an extra $60 million a year. What what are the availability like? Think about the the last few quarterbacks have been drafted. You mentioned the draft in twenty twenty one. The quarterback class was held in this exact same sort of time span in twenty twenty one. Trevor Lawrence is going to come in. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has a single playoff win, and after falling down massively, by the way, and it took a huge collapse by the Chargers to get that win, and they dramatically underwhelmed last season. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, huge bust. Trey Lance now on the Dallas Cowboys after even one of the best rosters in the NFL couldn't support him. In 2022, I mean, did, did anybody light the world on fire? No. I mean, this year, did any of the, the you know rookies light the world on fire? I mean, no. I mean, All we also overlooked. We also overlooked. So, like, no, but it's more than just being valid. You're saying, oh, I can fix this in the draft. I can fix this in free agency. But, what, like, and, and this isn't even a matter of, like, oh, because you can't find an easy solution, you should just stick with what you have. My point is, like, Dak is maybe the fifth, sixth best quarterback in the NFL, and you're so mad that he's not number one. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be mad, but you shouldn't dismiss him entirely and act like he's trash because he's five or six. Well, I'm also saying that this regular season success wasn't only due to him. And, and maybe if, if it was a different quarterback, we might not see a, a first in offense Dallas Cowboy team. We might see a sixth in offense, but we might see a better outcome from the individual plays that Dak just seems to fail at. We might not I don't get think the regular he's alone season. In that though, Micah failed. You're right, CD but I'm, failed. I'm, I'm the same talent you're, right, you're talking about. But I would also much failed. rather fail paying Baker Mayfield thirty-five million dollars a year than paying Dak Prescott sixty million dollars a year. Why? and getting it's not the your same money. Outcome. Like you're not saving the money yourself. Like not me. 
but I would like to see maybe Tyler get paid a little bit more. Maybe the money goes to Biotis. Maybe, you, hell, we outbid somebody for Saquon or something's crazy like a Devonta Adams. Would you rather be the Buccaneers and the Cowboys right now? That's, that's effectively what you said. Would you rather be a Buccaneers fan over a Cowboys fan right now, entering 2024? I, I, as far as talent on the team, it's Cowboys, far and away. Yeah, I'm not going to. But I do like, say that, you know, I, I, I'm we, talented enough that I could shed a Dak Prescott and still be moderately successful with maybe a little bit lesser talent and still have the ability to continue to improve my team. I don't need to have a Dak Prescott. I don't need to have the number one offense during the regular season. I've seen it. It hasn't gotten me anything. So I've, I paid a little bit less and I augmented the running game. I, I paid my right and left tack a little bit more because instead of 60, I'm paying 35. Suddenly things get a little bit easier as I rebound off this. There's an overwhelming amount of data and evidence that is freely accessible on the internet that we talk about <laughs> here every day. All right. That again, overwhelmingly proves in an objectively based sense that Dak Prescott is among the very best quarterbacks in the NFL. But because people want to speak in platitudes and extravagant, you know, statements with exclamation points in all caps, like Julian Martinez here in the chat, no way Dak is a top fifth or sixth quarterback in the NFL, no way. Julian, I hate to break it to you, man. I'm, I'm sure it upsets you and pisses you off, but by literally every measurable statistic and point of reference, he is. You can scream it. You can say it. You can text it. You can Facebook meme it all you want. It does not change the undeniable, undisputable fact of it all. And I'm sorry that for whatever reason, this is something you and whoever else feel the need to obsess about with all of your energy in this <laughs> world. But the realities of the situation are he is that good. And when you are that good, it is extraordinarily normal to be paid market rate. That's all this is. The $60 million figure happens to be market rate. But, ooh, big number, scary thing, I will scream. That's where we're at on all this. It doesn't have to be this pedantic. I'm sorry, people. It can be very normal and simplistic if you just open your eyes. But I am pedantic, as are many Cowboy fans. Fix it. Fix it now. We're tired. <laughs> I, are, want, um, I want an advancement on this Board of Governors thing. What's it called? The What's Jimmy's uh, new the position? Advisory board. You I want to be on the advisory board. Are, um, you're, um, what's her name? Violet in Willy Wonka, the, the blueberry? Oh, yeah. The, the, for, that's for, who y'all are. That's that's Actually, no. I want to open up now. No, you you are. I was wrong. You're the entitled, um, the girl who fell down the laundry chute, the golden egg girl. Veruca, that's who y'all are. I believe. Uh and I would, I would, I would equate Dak to an Oompa Loompa. I think they follow in the same manner. Uh, what do you think? Six five six three seven seven six. This is a valid argument. Is is this enough? It's not a valid argument. It, it, no, it's, I think it's a valid argument because I can no, see it's, merit it's, on both it's, sides. It's, it's, I can. I'm saying, I'm saying, Rob, gravity is nine point eight one meters per second squared. And you're saying it feels different. It should be ten. I don't like it. Round it up. That's that's the well, Some of us of have greater about. mass than others. There's nothing like a good physics joke to close out a segment. By the way, <laughs> have you seen Oppenheimer? Yeah. I got to Peacock see it for the very first it. time, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hold out to the last scene. It sums up the movie precisely. As the Cowboys try to find some answers, the Texans might be in the perfect place. Are they indeed set up for the uh, free agency? Are they the darlings? Is it time to capitalize? 49ers couldn't on that rookie deal. Will the Texans get a chance? Let's look at the, let's look southeast where the Texans stand. It's a lot prettier where the Cowboys are. That's next.
You are on the morning huddle. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. You made it. It's the hump day edition of the morning huddle. Two more wake-ups and we hit the weekend charging full speed into basketball season or a free agent season. I saw a, uh, a list floating around. You know, you're going to have your mock draft 1.10s, but then the list of all the free agents said, oh, to be a team with a good quarterback that is woefully underpaid. Uh, and that's where the Texans sit as C.J. Stroud charges into several years of uh, the Brock Purdy uh, open envelope of uh, availability without cost. The Texans are in good shape, man. So it, it, when you look at where the Texans are, what would you say would be their first and foremost need? Because there's a lot of whatever they want out there. And then I want to start talking about the rest of the free agents. I think if you're the Texans, everything needs to be about amplifying your amazing quarterback, C.J. Stroud. So we have seen a lot of teams early in the rookie contracts of their quarterbacks go out and get a dynamic playmaking wide receiver. I'm a big Tank Dell mm-hmm. fan, big Nico Collins fan. But more, you want more. Like this is maybe, are you the team that goes and gets Mike Evans? Are you the team that I don't know, maybe bring DeAndre Hopkins back? I mean, those are even kind of past what I'm talking about. I'm talking, you know, maybe you manage to finagle a trade. for You have a little bit of draft capital to work with for Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. That's the like dream, dream, dream. Maybe you're the team that signs T. Higgins. But these are the teams with the most salary cap space in the NFL, uh, going from most to least. Well, We're not going to be all of them. You know, I'm commanders. seeing. Oh, the commanders have the most. Okay. Horrible team. Patriots, horrible team. Bears, horrible team. Titans, horrible team. Bengals, obviously coming off of the injury, so they're in an interesting spot, but have a lot of contracts to take care of themselves. Colts, interesting spot, but not as good as the Texans. And then the Texans, they're a playoff team. The Texans are not only a playoff team, but coming off of a playoff win, um, and we're a very, very, very talented team, and they have the, what, seventh most salary cap space in the NFL? I mean, and the Lions are right behind them, so, you know, Obviously, you know, it is what it is. By the way, LPJ Salazar says in the chat, give CJ $60 million a year. I promise you, by the time oh, CJ Stroud's eligible for a contract it'll extension, be more it, it will be 70. Yeah. We will be there by that point in time. You but know, the, the, gi- the Giants, I'm saying, are, 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 aren't going to use the franchise tag. Should they spend money on a running back? The Giants? I mean, no, the Texans. Is that a place where you'd go? Oh, yeah. That's like, you got, you got the money to burn, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is surplus time. This is, we want the copy machine or the extra chairs for the office. So you can go out and you can pay T. Higgins. If you want to bring in Derrick Henry or Saquon or whatever, like, yes, soup it up. Like, soup up the offense. Get everything more, 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 more. You play in a division that is in the middle of a transition. You know, we don't know what Anthony Richardson and the Colts are going to look like in year two, obviously. The Titans are really down bad. The Jaguars really collapsed last year. This is your time. Like, th- this is your time to spend money and to completely and totally go for it. Given um – the offense's quality. I'm starting to see Devontae Adams float around. Is it worth spending some money for a wide receiver there? Well, you'd have to trade for him. And so that's why I'm saying, like, maybe you feel like, would we rather just pay for T. Higgins and Mike Evans and not give up any draft capital? Or would we rather give up draft capital? Because they already gave up the draft capital in the trade with the Cardinals to go get Will Anderson, and that was totally worth it. But, you know, I don't know that you want to give up more draft capital because before you know it, you're going to blink – and all these contract, this ability to go out and spend in free agency that you have right now is going to dissipate because it is going to be time to give CJ Stroud seventy million dollars a year, whatever it is, you know, in two years' time. 
And at that point, you're going to have to rely on the cheap labor of your draft process. And so you don't want to compromise all the assets that you're going to have to be able to bring in some lower, lower, uh, you know, lower money uh, contracted players. I would like to be a Texan fan today. That's all I'm saying. You wouldn't trade lies if you could. You would. Uh, I'd, I'd trade futures. I mean, I don't I, think you would. I, I think that uh, the, as we see what the Cowboys are doing shake out, that uh, the, my anger is only going to increase over this offseason uh, because they are going to pay Dak, but I don't think they're going to do it the right way. And I think the Texans are going to do it the right way and slowly. And I think that LeBron James might be in a Spurs uniform before we know it. Let's talk some <laughs> LeBron James. He doesn't want to go on a retirement wow. tour. This, that was quite the turn that we Well, okay. he doesn't want to go on a retirement tour, but he wants to play on a contender. Um, I don't see how you can do either or, given the situation there. And let's look around the NBA as we charge toward the end of the regular season. We're over halfway done. Doc makes excuses. Is it time for Boston to charge through? And what about those nuggets? We're going to look around the NFL, uh, or NBA, as we head there. Um, my first question when we look at the, at the league, right now, as the playoffs sit, it looks like a play-in could happen between the Lakers and uh, Golden State. And that kind of fits one narrative, where I feel like the NBA is ready to move on. It's time for new blood, new champions, new stars, as we saw over the holiday, uh, over the, the All-Star weekend. But at the right. same time, the NBA isn't ready to say goodbye. And if the best thing that we've got coming up in this playoff is a play-in game where one of these cats is done, I think it spells the end to their time. I, go, I mean, Golden State ain't doing anything. Steph's going to be a warrior till he's done. But if the Lakers lose, it's over. It, that This iteration of the Lakers are done. I mean, duh. <laughs> well. I, I mean, they're, they're already done. I don't know. Like, uh, it's, it's, you've got to squint really hard, I think, to see a way where the Lakers make serious noise this season or this postseason, right? Like, I mean, of all, of all like, teams you can kind of talk yourself into, right? Like, the Generals. Boston, super easy. Cleveland, you could totally see. Milwaukee, you could absolutely see. The Knicks, you could you could see, right? Like, you could totally see, like, Brunson leading them. Um, Philly, now we're getting a little bit more difficult. And I don't, you know, the, the Pacers thing, I don't, neither of us has really kind of been in on. Minnesota, can you really see? Like, is that, you know? No, like, no exactly. Uh, Denver, obviously, can't count out. The Thunder, even that feels just too, you know. Uh, Phoenix, again, if, if KD went supernova, potentially, but... My point is, you gotta like really, like, well, maybe if this, that, whatever. Like, it's really, really, really difficult to conceive how the Lakers could be, you know, involved here. As uh, the the season winds down, with the regular season uh, really starting to matter, uh, injuries are going to start playing a role. We're chasing Dr. Jason Garrett as we look very closely as the Spurs get going. Uh, you get the sense that the manacles and the, the, uh, the are going to be lifted off Wimby as we charge into the second half. I'd like to welcome on for his regular stop off, Dr. Jason Garrett of Arasti. How you doing this morning, Doc? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Well, here we sit after a bloviated All-Star weekend, and as we, uh, as we start this second half of the season, we saw the, Wimby's minutes slowly start to expand, and you know the lifting of all of that. Do you expect to see, as we close this season down, kind of an unfettered Wimby, or are they going to continue monitoring just a few more minutes per game? I mean, if they weren't the third worst team in the NBA right now, statistically, then I would say they'd probably play him a lot more. But why risk it? Just get him in there, get some good quality minutes, see what the future holds. He's going to be rookie of the year. There's pretty much no chance he's not. So I don't think they push him any more minutes or play him any harder. 
with the risk of him getting injured. He is, you know, seven foot five, six, however tall the guy is, and three. He's a unicorn. He plays hard. He's a high jumper. He's a huge injury risk. So I think it's probably smarter just to do their best to keep him healthy this year and then have a better season next year. Dr. Doc, J. I have a question on, on kind of general size. Like, what is that like? I mean, when you, ha- when you have to work on a patient that is significantly larger or longer or whatever, is it just a matter of extrapolating the math? Or, or I mean, because I, I think that's how I would approach it, but I, I obviously I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a number of things. So vertical load's a big deal, right? So not only the weight of the athlete, but the vertical load on the bone structure and the joint. Wemby is very, very slight. He's a small frame with a high vertical load. So it puts a lot more vertical stress on the knees, on the ankles, on the low back. Now, fortunately, he's, he is a unicorn. He's unbelievably flexible. They've done a great job his entire life getting him to do the splits, getting him to where he's more injury resilient, which is great. But as he develops and matures and his joints start stiffening up a little bit, starts putting on a little more muscle mass, he's going to have to maintain that flexibility. He's got to keep his hydration really high. As a provider looking at him, you're just constantly evaluating, is that knee moving well? Is the hip moving well? Looking for anything that could become a future issue that can cause a tendinopathy, you know, patellar tendonitis, Achilles issue, whatever it is, you're trying to stay way ahead of that with a guy like that. On a different side of the coin, Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys evidently is set to or wants to return to play yet another year. He's 33. Uh, we know that the injury history is there. While we try to keep Wimby healthy, what can you do for a 33-year-old to kind of guarantee or at least try to offer, you know, maybe we get 12 games out of the guy? I mean, when you look at a guy like Tyron, what's the preventative measures you do now to say, I'll be comfortable with you coming back and maybe won't be as injured as you have in the past several years? I mean, right now in the offseason, I would get him on as much of the stem cells as you possibly can. They're not illegal. They're not performance-enhancing. There's plenty of research now. They're pretty expensive. I mean, you're looking at twenty-five, dollars $30,000. But if you're an athlete like that that can afford it, the Cowboys or anybody else can afford it, I would be loading up on, up on that and then doing heavy, low-rep weightlifting. So get his back, his legs, his knees incredibly resilient and strong. Not the high-velocity stuff, not the high-volume stuff, but more heavyweight, low-rep. Build up his injury resilience. Start with some – I wouldn't get him doing a lot of – sprint type workouts or cutting and running because that's just going to increase the inflammation in the areas that he's already got so just get him super strong he's not a sprinter not a fast athlete he's a power athlete i think with a guy like that you could probably get another three four or five years out of him doc obviously we're coming off the all-star break um starting tomorrow and i've always thought you know relative to to leagues that have their their all-star breaks or all-star weekends in the middle of a season like this it, it has to throw your body a little bit out of whack to, to, you know, go from, you know, back to back to back to back, so to speak, and then have a week off generally. I mean, is there, is there risk in that in, in kind of revving the engine back up after it's cooled off for just a little bit? No, you can actually go up to two weeks and really have no issues with conditioning or strength. I think the bigger issue there is they were, they were probably partying a little bit, maybe drinking a little bit. That might've thrown up their schedule. <laughs> their sleep's off, recovery is down. That's a bigger issue than the, the time off from the high-intensity activity. I think hopefully most of those guys are premature. Um, they've grown. They've learned that, you know, from the LeBrons and the Kobe's, you just can't do that anymore. But the earlier generation, Jordan's generation, I mean, he drank every night. He smoked. He played cards. He played golf during the day. He played drink before a game. So uh, hopefully they're not doing that still. Dr. Garrett, I've I got a question about PEDs. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo was suspended for 
two games um, to start the season for PED use. They didn't really get into what it was, but you know, when you hear PEDs, you think roids. What he had to when you get popped for that, you get caught for no therapeutic use justified with the league. And was this about as minor as it can get for a PED thing? And what do you think he was taking? Well, it was only two games. It probably wasn't steroids. It wasn't anabolic right. stuff. It was probably more recovery type things. So right now there's peptides that help you recover faster. They don't make you perform better. They don't make you grow muscle faster. But they do help you recover from injuries quite a bit faster. And right now, technically, those are, those are banned substances. I think in the future they probably won't be because they aren't harmful. They're not addictive. They don't give you a, a physical advantage other than helping you heal back to normal, which kind of isn't really an advantage. That's just getting you back to where you should be. There's probably something along those lines. There's lots of them out there. There's also things called farms, which are steroid-like, but they're not steroids. They've got their own issues. They're considered a, a chemical that's experimental, not for human consumption, but they're sold online all over the place. You can get them pretty easily. Uh, there's all those out there, and they definitely do improve performance enhancement. They make you stronger, faster, better endurance. But they may also give you cancer and kill you eventually, so you don't want to be taking those and promoting those for the younger generation. Well, you know, that, maybe some CTE, you never know. We're worried about tomorrow, tomorrow. He is <laughs> Dr. Jason Garrett. If you want to get better to get today, you call Arosti because you don't want to let pain keep you from doing things that you love. And we don't want to miss out on Jason Garrett stopping by every week. Hey, Doc, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Dr. Jason Garrett of Arosti. Hey, coming back, we're going to ease your pain in a lot of different ways. The Spurs are getting busy uh, going up to Sacramento to start the second half of that rodeo road trip.